After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Jeff and Josh podcast. Uh, if you've been following along, you know I'm Josh, and Jeff is upstairs in his palatial Massachusetts manor. In a different <laughs> room than usual. He's apparently it's gotten cold in the Northeast, and he's uh, out of his typical man cave, which you can't see. Pretty skilled uh, podcaster here, describing a visual thing on an audio medium. But in any case, Jeff, how are you doing? Movies for the Blind, Josh. It was uh, good work uh, by uh, you there. You know, it was very picturesque. Everyone just, you know, they could imagine my palatial home in uh, suburban Massachusetts. But it's gotten cold today. Today, Josh. Yesterday was actually 60 degrees and I was in short sleeves. And now <laughs> now I'm bundled up. Um, I took the winter uh, hat off, though, because I just came back from the barber. I'm looking clean. Got to be fresh for my AFL trip which is upcoming in just a couple of days. I'm going to be here for Halloween, trick-or-treat with the kids, go to bed, wake up early, fly out, and uh, I land on Tuesday morning so I can get a full day of games. Well, this is a little bit of time travel for you since this podcast is releasing on Monday. So Jeff has just described his plans in the past. By the time you hear this, his kids will have bounties of candy and he will be probably en route to um <laughs> well no because uh monday night is halloween so yeah okay fair enough they, they will be preparing to get bounties of candy exactly your two your two podcast hosts do not understand the concept of time and it's just uh, a construct it's a social it's a construct. construct it's a prison of the mind but you know what's not a prison of the mind or the body or the soul or anything the arizona fall league and like you mentioned, Jeff, <laughs> you are about to head to Arizona. I have never been more jealous of you in my entire life because as anybody who knows anything about me knows, the Arizona Fall League is my nirvana. It's not the greatest baseball in the history of man, but it's the best atmosphere for baseball in the history of man. And I love it more than anything. But you are going for the fifth week of the Fall League. And that will include a few games. I think it's like six or seven regular games and the AFL home run derby and then the fall stars game, all of which should be pretty fun. Um, there's been a few changes since I was there. Uh, most notably Jordan Lawler, uh, one of the diamondbacks top prospects uh, is out for the remainder of the fall league uh, with a shoulder injury. Uh, the Royals have replaced a couple pitchers. They added Noah Murdoch and Nathan Webb, and the Diamondbacks replaced Lawler with Camden Duzenak. So uh, that's a little bit of tweaking since I've been there. But, you know, you're going to get to see a whole lot of players, Jeff. Uh, we'll start with the Glendale Desert Dogs, which I believe will be the first game you'll see if I've interpreted your travel correctly and if everything goes well. Uh, I've got your little hit list right here of guys you want to see. Um, tell me, you know, I, I think right up here on the top is <laughs> Julian. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but we all know who we're talking about. Um, what do you, what, what are you excited to see from that young man? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, he is the guy that I'm uh, most excited to see. I've actually haven't seen him live uh, and in person since college. I've watched him quite a bit. Um, you know, he's one of these guys, it's statistical outlier, um, just some of the things that he's done over his first uh, two full professional seasons. He's a great on-base um, percentage guy, really works deep in accounts. He's got contact ability as well. There's also power, some speed. He's a really intriguing offensive player. And I think, you know, if this profile sort of reaches its ceiling or approaches that, he could be a pretty dynamic uh hitter at the top of a of a competitive team's lineup you know he could be a really good leadoff type guy um so i'm si excited to see him i've already given him a nickname um sort of modeled after uh boston hip-hop legend ed og i call him ed obp because that's his primary skill loves to get on base well that certainly is a nickname and if you ask him <laughs> about it uh, i think you're gonna get a kind of one of those things where the dog tilts their head to the side. Yep. Uh, Ed O.G. is a pretty uh, obscure figure. <laughs> uh, it's not the most obscure figure, but he certainly isn't mainstream. <laughs> but given where you are recording from, I am not surprised that you would bring up Ed O.G. Um, and when it comes to nicknames- A legendary Boston rapper from the 90s up. That's kind of my, uh, that's my brand. Uh, baseball and 90s hip-hop is kind of like the Venn diagram really intersects at that point. Well, when it comes to the AFL, you and I have just got to have it. But another guy on this list uh, that you like uh, is Andy Pahaves, who has a very power-based skill set. I know I saw him just absolutely destroy a few home runs that I, I think might still be going, um, including one that I think went an estimated 430 feet off of Tink Hentz. Uh, you made some really good throws in the outfield. What are you excited to see about uh, Andy Pajes? Yeah, I'm excited to get a couple of games with Pajes. And, you know, the thing that I find really interesting about him, um, obviously the power, the, the, the skills are there. Um, the strikeout rate isn't that bad. Uh, I think he was like 23, 24% this year as like a 21 year old in double A. Um, so certainly an age appropriate level younger than the average age of competition, he had a pretty low batting average. I think it was like two, 230, 235, somewhere in that range, he had a really low batting average on balls in play, which is an outlier. Um, you know, even for somebody who's a power hitter that hits the ball in the air as frequently as, as Pajes does, he's typically going to run a, a, a baby that's higher than, you know, at least 300 or higher typically, especially with the type of, you know, 60 plus raw power that he has, you might even want to go 70 just on the raw. Um, so I think there was some luck stuff at play because underlying wise, I think, you know, he sort of underperformed how well he hit this year. So there's some contact, there's some power, there's approach. Um, you know, I know some folks that have been around Pajes have said some good things just about his work ethic and just, you know, um, his understanding and sort of ability to have a plan per at bat to at bat. So um, I'm excited to see him just because I think there might be some stuff there that maybe didn't show up totally on the stat line this year um, that maybe he underperformed a little bit, despite having a, a pretty good season at double A as a 21 year old. Did you just call it BABIP? Yeah. That's interesting. I have never heard it called BABIP. Oh yeah. 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 yeah BABIP. I've heard. Yeah. That's right there with, calling a bagel a bagel. It's 
estimate. No, no, it's BABIP, yeah. Oh, no, 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 because the second word is that is average. It's not average. It's average. So it's BABIP. Yeah, BABIP. There you it's go. BABIP, BABIP, all right, there you go. <laughs> I didn't even hear it when you said it. I heard it, I was like, what? Yeah, tomato, tomato, right? I suppose I'm saying tomato here, though. Well, yeah, tomato, tomato. Well, it could be tomato, who knows? It could be tomato. <laughs> meadow it doesn't matter uh, let's call the whole thing off and move on to mesa which by the way i'm going to take a second here and say i love that there is a player on mesa named mesa victor mesa jr is on mesa yes. and got two teammates named mason got mason hour and mason miller and they're both on mesa yeah they, the fall league uh powers that be really really pulled all the strings to get all the aptly named players and I think Stephen Scott is on Scottsdale. So we've got a whole lot of fun with names. Anyway, I just went down that rabbit hole for no reason. He is. Yeah, it's true. I played the J.J. Cooper role and went down a rabbit hole. Um, we will look at some of the guys that you are excited about on that list. And let's start with uh, Zach Geloff, the third baseman from the Oakland Athletics. What do you like about the Virginia Cavalier alum? Yeah, there's... Um... There's power there. Uh, I've, I saw him in college. Um, I have not seen him since uh, he's been drafted. Excited to see him. He's been hurt a little bit. He's performed really well, um, by and large, as a professional. And uh, like I said, he's dealt with injuries. So a little bit of his brother, actually, this summer. Um, so that was on the Cape. He's a draft prospect for 2023. So I'm kind of interested just to, to see him healthy, see, you know, how the power plays, um, get a better look because it's been about three years. I don't cover the athletics or anything like that, but uh, you know, he was a guy that I think was kind of pushing up on top 100 status um, and fell off a little bit uh, due to injury. Yeah. And even if you, you know, you did cover the athletics, it'd be really difficult just because we all live on the East coast and there's really no, A's affiliates that come anywhere near here unless you go to like Texas but you know I can't complain Midwest League yeah I guess so I mean I'm never not uh... used to have Vermont I used to see I used to see athletics prospects a lot because they play at Lowell all the time but that was the time before the time before you know yeah R.I.P. New York Penn League R.I.P. Vermont Lake Monsters um and I I will survive obviously because we've got every level of baseball except double a within like an hour and a half and uh double a is like two hours away if i want to go see richmond um let's move to another guy on mesa uh perhaps the most famous prospect in the ball league what are you excited to see about jason dominguez of the yankees of nueva york yeah i actually have only seen dominguez uh at the futures game um i wasn't able to catch him at Hudson Valley. Uh, I'd like to just, I honestly like to see BP. I'd like to see, you know, some outfield. Um, I want to get a couple of games to Dominguez. I assume there's a good shot that I'll probably get two to three, maybe even four with the fall stars game. Um, looks at Dominguez, but yeah. So hopefully he's in the lineup. I get to see some of that power. I get to see, um, you know, how he looks in the outfield. I think that's where I have some questions as well. Just like how, how well does he play center? Because I've heard some conflicting reports, um, depending upon who sees him. And uh, I want to see him hit some home runs, man. I want to see him hit some some hard contact. Uh, see some of that from both sides of the plate would be uh, exciting as well. So, 
just to get a better look at Dominguez. Um, so that would be fun. Get some video, maybe get a nice Homer, right. You know, post that video up there an open face Homer from Jason Dominguez. Yeah. He, uh, he has the fans. That. Um, and I will mm-hmm. take this opportunity to plug, uh, what's upcoming. You know, I obviously came back from the fall league a few weeks ago, uh, a couple weeks ago now, and I'm still digging through my video, but we're almost at the end. And at some point on in the, I'm hoping, I'm hoping by the time Jeff gets out there, we're going to have a database of uh, pretty much everyone I saw in the fall league. There are some holes, there's mostly on the pitching side, um, but you're going to have a click through, a, a clickable database of pretty much everyone's batting practice. I'd say 90, 95% of the pitchers uh, with hitters, you're going to get batting practice, open swings. Um, if you're a catcher, you'll get uh, some, some throws that if you got the runner, uh, there'll probably be some sorted slow-mo up there, but uh, it's going to be fun. And I bring that up because I got a lot of video of Dominguez kind of just by happenstance since I saw a ton of Mesa games. That's how it worked out. And, you know, I set up my open side camera on a different side. Uh, I usually moved it in the middle of the game, but he's a switch hitter. So I got a lot. I got a lot from both sides of the plate. Uh, so the, the, I think the open side reel of Jason Dominguez is 52 seconds, which when you think about how long a swing takes, it's a lot of open swings. Um, so that, I'll move on from there. Um, we'll go to Peoria. You can, you can tell me what you're excited. I think we've talked about this guy two or three times on this podcast. But um, my favorite player, my time in the Fall League, was Jackson Merrill. And I don't know if you've gotten to see him before, but I can't imagine you have. No. What are you excited to see about uh, the Padres' possible top prospect? Yeah, I think just the super advanced hit tool, um, you know, the, the, the good at bats, um, the ability to make contact in a variety of pitches and, you know, a variety of locations inside the zone. Interested to get a feel for him as a defensive player as well, though I know it's a, it's a hit first, um, you know, offensive driven profile. Um, just want to get a better feel for, for Merrill, but uh, you know, the power hasn't been super loud. He did hit a homer, I think a couple of weeks ago, um, but he's a great hitter. I, you know, the reports I've heard and the feedback I've got, not just from yourself is that, you know, it's one of the better hit tools uh, in the minor leagues and certainly in the fall league. Yeah. I don't think we've gotten that typical bust out, you know, standout superstar that we have in past fall leagues. But if we were to name one, I think he'd be the closest, at least just for me. Like there hasn't been like the Ronald Acuna's or the Vladdy Guerrero's or any guy like that. Not that they busted out in the fall league, but you know, they, no. they were established stars who really tore it up there. Like I think the closest right now we have is from statistical standpoints are Heston Kierstad with the Orioles, uh, Matt Mervis, with the Cubs, who I believe both have five home runs. And then on, on the pitching side, uh, Connor Thomas, a guy I unfortunately missed, uh, is tearing up the fall league. He had a 10 strikeout game the other day, uh, which is very difficult to do. Uh, I'll credit Pipeline here. Uh, when they point out, I think it's only been done five times in the fall league since 96 or so. Um, including uh, twice by Tommy Hansen. Uh, there's a couple other guys whose names I'm 
forgetting at this point, but you know, just you don't often get deep outings in general in the fall. Like sometimes you don't face 10 batters, but he got 10 punch outs. He might be a, a bust out star on the pitching side. But we will move on from Connor Thomas. We talked about Merrill, uh, kind of an under-the-radar guy who I highlighted in my uh, pre-AFL sleepers list. He is Alec Jacob, a right-hander from the Padres. What are you excited to see about Alec Jacob? Yeah, I'm just excited to see how, you know, the stuff plays. Um, not a lot of power, but interesting movement and release profile. Um, guys like that always intrigue me. Uh, so just once again, a uh, player I haven't seen in person, and I'm interested to get just a better feel on how the package works and sort of how he projects out. Um, but, you know, you give me a pitcher that does it differently with some some interesting characteristics, and I'm probably going to be there pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's really interesting. Like you mentioned release profile. I don't know how you can get a profile on him since he does it so many different ways. Like, I think I posted yeah. one on Twitter where he threw three straight pitches from different uh, release points intentionally um, with different kind of pauses and hiccups and kind of like a, a, a David Cohn type of scenario. Not that that's a comp or anything like that. That's not even close, but uh, kind of the way he would mix stuff up and kind of create things on the fly and still get funky swings. You're right. The power is, is, is not a guy who's going to light up your radar gun at all, but he's, he's very fun and he's making me look not dumb. I won't say smart, but not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Uh, he was, he's a fun one to watch. Um, let's see who else. We'll move down to Salt River, which their roster is loaded for bear, pun intended. Um, we'll start at the top of the list with uh, maybe the most, get, guys, one back-to-back most exciting player in his various leagues, Zach Veen. Um, I know there's a lot to like about Zach. What are you looking for from, the, you know, he, he also, you know, ran into some trouble in AA this year. It'll be the first time he's struggled uh, as a professional. He's not struggling in the fall. And he's got, he's got 14 stolen bases so far, which is pretty darn impressive uh, in that league. Uh, especially now that the, uh, they're not using the pickoff rule. So they, in theory, could pick off you know, four or five times if they wanted. But um, what do you want to see it from, from Zach Veen? Yeah, I think for me with Veen, it's just, I saw him struggle in double A. Uh, I was at a few series. Um, he did hit a ton he had some hits but you know like that um that philly series uh when redding was in town and he saw sort of a three-headed monster with mcgarry painter and abel um i'm just excited to see him out here kind of in his groove again uh in a better environment for for hitting in hartford um and just you know more age appropriate competition uh he seemed a little bit tired toward the end of the year um so i was a little surprised he got sent out here but it seems like it's reinvigorated him and the other part of it is obviously the rockies uh, facilities are out there so um yeah i'm uh i'm i'm excited to get another look at veen because i assume i'll probably see veen early in the season again here in hartford for a, a few months i would assume yeah he's he's a really dynamic player and yes he looks invigorated with every hitter in that league, you have to realize the pitching yeah. is just 
not that good. <laughs> um, so take That's it. That's the chorus of the song. Now, I, I will say too that a lot of the not that good pitching was on his own team. So he didn't get have the have the luxury of facing the Salt River pitching. So I don't know. Maybe there's some sugar to go with that grain of salt. Not sure. <laughs> but he's having a good go of it regardless. Um, we will move further down the Salt River roster. Uh, I know you are doing the Cardinals for our handbook, and they have sent quite a number of their better prospects. Tell me, how excited are you to see Jordan Walker possibly in center field? Yeah, so that's what I'm excited about. I, I, I watched, so it's funny, Salt River has all three of my teams. They have Blue Jays, Cardinals, and Rockies. So Salt River Rafters are sort of my team to focus on, I suppose. But it's um, unfortunate because there will be no home games at Salt River <laughs> while you're there. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, get them on the road. Either way, uh, Walker in center field is really interesting. I saw him at third base during spring training for a week while I was out there. Um, the power's legit. We know how, how well Walker can hit. I saw him in the Futures game as well. I got to speak with him as well as his teammate in Salt River and during the season in uh, Mason Wynn. Uh, so excited to see, see both those guys again, maybe catch up with them again. Um, excited to see Wynn play just in general. He's one of my favorite players to watch just because of all the things he can do in a baseball field. And he's not uh, the biggest guy. So um, always exciting when you can see, you know, sort of an average size guy that's just such a, a tremendous athlete with um, so many tools and talents uh, standing out in the field. So those two guys in particular, and of course, Tank Hens, but excited to get all my Cardinals together as I'm, you know, getting together my, uh, my, my list. Well, one thing that's really important that we do is take an ad break, which we are going to do right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. Uh, going further down the list, we are going to talk about Scottsdale here. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, they do have Stephen Scott on Scottsdale. Once again, thank you, Fall League name gods. But uh, on your list is a guy that I know you're really in intrigued about. And that is Justin Henry Malloy of the Braves. 
He's one of your favorite prospects for a lot of your analytical numbers, and he did perform in the you know regular people numbers. Um, what, what are you excited to see about Justin Henry Malloy? I know he's, uh, I know you got Ed OBP up at the top there, but uh, Justin Henry really controls the zone too. Yeah. I think it's 13 walks and 16. I did this math last night because I am a weirdo. It's right around 44% of his plate appearances this year in the fall league have ended in either a walk or a strikeout. Yeah. That's uh, if you're looking for contact, maybe go elsewhere. But it's funny because he's typically a pretty good contact hitter. Um, you know, the numbers bear that out. The big thing with him was adding impact. So I think that's something he's probably been working on strength wise. It's there. It's just, I think from a path perspective, there's some adjustments that he could make to put the ball in the air and get to, you know, the, the high end of his power um, on fly balls and line drives. Um, he was playing a lot of third base during the year. I didn't think the third base was bad. I got some good reports actually on it. And it looks like they're kind of moving him out to, to the outfield. So I don't know if that's an indication that the Braves maybe view him as somebody that could contribute for them next year uh, in left field, you know, aside uh, Acuna and, and uh, Harris, they got a lot of different options, but uh, that's sort of something that he's working on that I'm interested to see. I don't have Braves coverage in the off season, but did have it in season. So just to see the progression there as the player, um, you know, reaches the upper minors and faces sort of that uh, higher level competition. Kind of interesting. He's a player that's overperformed what I think his draft pedigree was coming out of Georgia Tech. And then we'll move to a player I didn't get to see, but you might, uh, depending on what the rosters look like or the, the pitching matchup looks like. And that's Carson Wisenhunt. Yeah. The Giants uh, first rounder from this most recent draft. And he's been on the roster second rounder. I'm sorry. Yes, right. Uh, I forget. Uh, what was their their first rounder? It was Reggie Crawford. That's right. Name was on the tip of my tongue, and I wasn't getting it. Any case, I didn't get to see him, but he's been on the roster for the entire time. I, I have to assume he was at the Giants camp in San Francisco doing his thing there. I've heard that his debut might be coming up. Uh, in any case, you will probably get to see him, and I didn't. I know you are familiar with his work from the Cape, I believe. Yeah, I saw his so, I saw his uh, his debut this year because he obviously missed the whole college season with the uh, the PED suspension. So I saw him I think a week after I saw another pitcher that's well named that we'll talk about in a minute when we go through the surprise roster uh, that was also a draftee that was highly touted um, that had an interesting <laughs> season. So yeah, excited to see Wizen Hunt again. I saw his very first start like i said he was a little bit off um the command wasn't really there you could definitely see the stuff particularly with the fastball it's the changeup is still plus breaking ball was really inconsistent um even across all of his cape starts i think he made four and some of the reports um through the subsequent starts that he did not see uh the reports were up and down in the breaking ball like sometimes sometimes it was on other times it wasn't uh, but he could still flash it. So this was a guy that coming into the year we viewed, coming into the draft year, we viewed as a guy that was a potential first rounder with three average or better to maybe above average or better pitches um, that was adding power. And uh, some of that has kind of been thrown into flux. So whether he can get that, that back and we see that guy that we saw at East Carolina back in 2021 will be interesting to follow. I, I mentioned it on one of these previous podcasts. I think it was the AFL preview podcast. He pitched at East Carolina, or he went to East Carolina, 
and I didn't get to see him. I thought I was going to get to see him in the fall league. Didn't get to see him. So wherever I go, he is not. Um, then we'll move to surprise. And I believe the pitcher you were highly hinting at is surprises uh, Kamar Rocker, who was the, the, the Rangers first rounder, um, who has pitched out there to middling results. <laughs> um, I, I think he's among the most famous guys out there, right, with, uh, with Dominguez. He's certainly the appointment viewing every time he starts. Uh, strikes have been an issue. There's been talk about the way his uh, delivery has changed since college. Um, but right now, a lot of it's about getting his feet wet. The first time he started in the fall league was literally his first start as a professional. He'd had some bullpen sessions on the side, on the backfield, but he hadn't pitched in a game. Uh, so anything you see is the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever is start uh, for Kamar Rocker. Um, I know you saw him with the Valley Cats of Tri-City. What are you looking for with him with the Saguaros of Surprise? Um, yeah, I, uh, I just want to see what's going on with the operation. He's kind of leaping into his front foot a little bit, um, just kind of compare and contrast it from when I saw him earlier this year where I thought in that first start, that debut, he looked pretty good. Uh, the stuff was there. I mean, he still has the power. Um, how consistent can he get with the slider? We'll see. Um, but it's the different pitcher, I think, than the one that I had seen. Yeah, it is probably different. Um, again, it's a lot like a lot of the players in the fall. Like I had no experience with him. Uh, I was as excited to see him as pretty much anybody out there. Saw him twice. I think he pitched three, three combined innings. Flashes of brilliance, flashes of less than brilliance, um, but interesting regardless. Uh, and then uh, we'll go to guy who was picked even higher than Kamar Rocker. That would be Pirates catcher Henry Davis. Um, you know, he was the number one overall pick two years ago and uh, missed a lot of time this year with various hand injuries. It kind of stemmed from standing very, very close to the plate. But he's at or near the top of the Pittsburgh list and should be a really fun watch. Right, Jeff? Yeah, um, I saw Davis uh, this summer as well. Uh, same with his teammate, Quinn Priester. I've actually seen, I think, a good handful of <laughs> the guys on this team. Um, he wasn't fully healthy when I saw him. I didn't get a great look at uh, him behind the plate. Um, you know, he had some some hard contact uh, from the right-hand side, but uh, I know he, I think, went on the IL not too long after I had saw him. So, um, if he's back healthy and, and feeling it again, uh, excited to see, you know, the 2021 top pick and in, in action and uh, see what potentially he can do. There's certainly power there. There's a big arm, um, been sort of mixed uh, feedback on, on the receiving and the catching and um, some of that. Yeah. What stuck out to me about him is he's just, he's faster than I expected. There was, I think he hit a triple while I was there. Get some balls where he, you know, you didn't think he was a catcher. He mowed he's not him. a bad athlete. Yeah, he was he was an intriguing young uh, young man while I was out there. And we will uh, conclude the Jeff and Josh talk about Arizona Fall League players with uh, one of your favorite under the radar guys, and I think the guy you're gonna wind up having nailed when it was all said and done, uh, Will Wagner with the Astros, who's a guy who um, who lit you up for various um, analytical nerd number sort of yeah, reasons. feedback too um internally they were uh 
they really liked him um, coming out of the draft. And initially, the numbers backed a move up that list. Um, he was a guy that ended the year not on the Astros top 30. Um, I liked what I had seen in spring training. I had gotten good feedback from scouts on it. Uh, and then internally, they, they talked about how high they were on him, and some of the stuff that stuck out numbers-wise. And um, he ended up ranking pretty highly on the Astros list. I think he's maybe 13 or 14, somewhere around there, but made a pretty good jump. Um, you know, potentially, I'm not doing it this offseason, but potentially could move up even higher in that Astros system where they did draft pretty well and uh, are looking better than they've looked in probably about five years on the farm, to be frank. Um, but, you know, Billy Wagner's son uh, grew up in a baseball family, kind of a grinder profile from the sense that he was a four-year guy at Liberty, um, not highly drafted. I think it was, what, a 17th round pick, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm guessing off the top of my head there on, on the, the rounds. Uh, but he's got bat-to-ball skills, really good plate approach. Um, I don't know how much power is there, but maybe enough that he taps into it, that he's, he's dangerous and uh, he plays a decent third base. So kind of an, an interesting under the radar player that could be another one of these Astros prospects that ends up an everyday player somewhere down the line and kind of overperforms. Uh, so uh, I'm excited to see Wagner and, you know, another under the radar guy here is Christian Chamberlain, who, um, another analytical nerd number guy with the low release and, and all the other interesting stuff going. I was intentionally not going to mention Christian Chamberlain because <laughs> we've talked about things on every podcast. Never stop. You had <laughs> there. Um, and uh, you, you will be uh, summarily docked pay because he was in 18th round, Will Wagner. Oh, I missed it. I gave him a, I gave him a round bump. Out of Liberty University. Um, but that's, that's what we're going to talk about for the fall league. I mean, that's a lot of players that you're excited to see. This list, if we went through his enti- Jeff's entire list, this podcast might be five or six hours long. Uh, and frankly, I've got stuff to do, and so does Jeff. But I, I did want to ask you, this is your, you know, you've been at BA a little while, but this is your first handbook, full handbook uh, uh, process. You wrote the Blue Jays. You're doing the Blue Jays, the Cardinals, and the... Rockies, Rockies, two birds in a mountain. Um, how how was the uh, how was the experience for you this time around? It's not too bad. I like writing scouting reports. This is probably the thing um, I enjoy writing the most of anything. Um, so to a degree, I think it's kind of in my comfort zone. Um, and this is the material that I probably appreciated the most coming out of baseball America over the course of my life. Uh, so being able to work on this process and be directly involved in it and do a lot of things that, um, you know, I had always wanted to do, uh, put together these particular reports and grades and see how everything works out and, uh, further evolve the process and make it better than ever, um, has honestly just been a thrill. So, I know that's kind of a boilerplate Tom Brady in a press conference answer, but it's true. It's how I feel about it. <laughs> we'll rip it straight from the headlines. And Tom Brady's in the news today for reasons we won't go into. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's been an interesting year for the BA prospect team. This has been a lot of new stuff for us. We, we've never updated the prospect lists so 
frequently. We had done, you know, mid seasons and pre-seasons and all that good stuff. But this year we did it, mm, I want to, it was regularly. I don't know if it was monthly per se, but we updated our 30s fairly, fairly often. And Maybe every 45 days. Yeah, there was some stuff that we could have done better. And there's some stuff we did really well, I think. We were, we were yeah. ahead of the curve on a few guys. Um, and then there was maybe some stuff we need to learn about um, in terms of, hey, maybe there needs to be more sample before you move such and such guy up or such and such guy down. And one of the tricks yeah. for me, initially we had done it where it was east first, then central, then west as usual. Um, I, had a, I had a tough time going, okay, a lot of the hitters in my various organizations are slumping, but it's also because it is about 12 degrees in yeah. most of the country in the, in the, in the minor league season. Uh, so I don't know how to feel about that. If I had, if we, if I'd had the Reds and you know cooked Ellie De La Cruz for his performance in April, well, it's probably because he didn't feel it. He couldn't feel his hands or any part of his body. Same idea with Anthony Volpe. You know, it was really cold in, in Somerset, and they started their season as is tradition for the Yankees Double A affiliate, be it in Trenton or Somerset, uh, in like New Hampshire and. Um, uh, Portland, all those places where it's very cold very. <laughs> and tough for hitters uh, of any stripe. So you have to learn how to take that data and just go, all right, let's wait a little longer until it gets to be normal human non-ski cap wearing baseball weather. You don't put exactly away and we'll see how they perform then. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun year for the Baseball America prospect team. So we will uh, continue. I just did the Yankees and Marlins top tens and Jeff did the Blue Jays and we're going to keep grinding. We've got you know, a bunch more teams to go. And in the next 50-ish days, we're producing two issues and a magazine or and two issues of the magazine and two books. The Almanac's coming, the handbook's coming, the NL Central, the, the Central and West Division issues are coming. So lots of good stuff coming at Baseball America. Um, Jeff, you got anything to add before we close? No, I'm going to have some more stuff coming out over the next week. Um, maybe looking at some pictures, uh, using some of these scatter plots I've been doing. So uh, look out for that. And a lot of, a lot of video, man. It's been a while since I've been out sh shooting at games, cutting video. Um, excited to get back to that. And, uh, you know, just be in the hotel room, cranking out some video, uh, eating Mexican food in my underpants. That's how we do. Well, on that note, we will bid you adieu for Jeff in Massachusetts. I am Josh in a North Carolina conference room saying thank you for the download and uh, happy baseball and happy World Series. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.